welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. God did not create the universe. That's what world-famous physicist Stephen Hawking argues in his book, The Grand Design. Given the existence of gravity, the universe can and will create itself, he says, from nothing. At least that's what appeared in the excerpt and published in the Times of London. He says, spontaneous creation is the reason why there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists and why we exist. Well, with all due respect to Dr. Hawking, for such a smart man, he can say some pretty ridiculous things. Dr. Timothy Standish, degree in biology from George Mason University wrote, I slowly realized that evolution survives as a paradigm only as long as the evidence is picked and chosen and the great pool of data that is accumulating on life is ignored. As the depth and breadth of human knowledge increases, it washes over us as a flood of evidence deep and wide, all pointing to the conclusion that life is the result of design. You see, Christianity does not begin with accepting Jesus Christ as, as your Savior. It begins by accepting God as your Creator. Now, in our study of Genesis, we have come to day six in God's creation. Some would argue that really the pinnacle of God's creative work, where now He creates man. Let's read the Genesis account, beginning at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 24. It says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. Well, the account couldn't be any more straightforward than that. 
God creating everything. It tells you exactly what God did on the sixth day. It says he created the land animals, essentially divide them to some categories. He has the domestic animals, uh, indicated by the word cattle, and then some of the more wild animals, uh, indicated by the term beasts of the earth, and then everything that walks lowly on the ground or, 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 or crawls, you know, like the insects, the, the, the reptiles, the rats, the squirrels, etc. Then, having created that form of animal life, having already the day before created all the birds in the air and all the animals in the sea, God now finishes by creating man. And all of that, the Bible says, God did that on the sixth day. You see, man is not the product of the survival of the fittest. You see, what we just read there in that account, it couldn't be more clear. In fact, it's reiterated in Genesis chapter 2 and in verse 7, where we read, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And then, down in verse 19, it says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the sky, brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was his name. And the man gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the sky, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man. He slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. You see, there you have the biblical account of the creation of woman. In both cases, the creation of man and the creation of woman, you see that it is a direct and immediate creative act of God. Now, over in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1, here's what it says. It says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. You see, repeatedly it says that there was a day when God created both male and female. That's simply what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 45, uh, down in verse 12 it says, It is I who made the earth and created man upon it. I stretched out the heavens with my hands, and I ordained all their hosts. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, verse 32 says, it talks about that day when God created man. Indeed, ask now concerning the former days which were before you since the day 
that God created man on the earth. You see, in six 24-hour days, God made the entire universe, the earth, and all its living creatures. Now, everything that was created up to the point of the creation of man, both male and female, it was created to provide for them the environment in which they could live, in which they could enjoy all of the blessings that God had provided for them, and for which they would then thank God and praise God, being that he was the creator of it all. And as wondrous as all created life was, as good as it was, and God said it was good multiple times, as complex as it was, as vast as it was, nothing like man had been created. It was separated from the nature of man by such a gulf as it would never be passable by any natural process. Nothing could ever become a human. No fish, no sea mammal, no reptile, no monkey, no ape, no gorilla. No creature could ever become a man. Now, there's another component here that is wonderfully mysterious, and it's introduced to us in verse 26 by the words, Then God said... Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And in verse 27, And God created man in his own image, in the image of God. And then, as we read earlier in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1, In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Now, this is man's unique identity. This is the part of man that it can't be reduced just to genetics. This is that mysterious spiritual part of man it, that can't be put into a test tube. This is that part of man that can't come into existence by a mutation or by a transition. This is the image of God. Now, verse 26 starts, Then God said, and verse 27 says, And God created. It's the same formula. God says, and God creates. Well, really, those two terms are synonymous. God says, let it happen, and it does happen. Only this time, there's a very important difference. For the first time, a major language shift occurs. Never before has the text said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Never has God spoken in a plural form. I mean, every other time it says, you know, uh, let there be. It's uh, impersonal. Nothing that God has created to this point has any kind of personal connection to him. There is no bird that is related to God in any personal way. There's no dog or cat that is related to God in any personal way. There's no creature related to God in any personal way until we get to this point. At this point, God becomes personal 
and he begins to speak now in relational terms. Let us make man in our image. So now we're introduced for the very first time to the fact that God is a trinity. The word God here, Elohim, has a plural ending. When we go to the Gospel of John in the New Testament, right, this is the creation account we read there. It says, John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 1. You see, that's the second member of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Now, we are introduced to Jesus Christ. It says that all things came into being by Him, by Jesus. And apart from Jesus, nothing came into being that has come into being. According to Scripture, Jesus was in fact the Creator. Now, let's dig a little deeper into this. In verse 26, let us make man in our image involves the whole of the Trinity in this creative act. The whole of the Trinity was brought together to do this. Let us make man in our image. And then verse 27 says, And God created man. You can speak of God as one, as in the verse 27, or you can refer to God as more than one in verse 26. God is one, and God is three persons. God discloses the fact that he himself is a trinity so that God and the relationships of the trinity establishes the pattern for our relationships. You see, man is created in God's image, and as such, man has the capacity for moral behavior. We have the capacity, the ability to obey God. Man has the ability to receive divine and eternal salvation. Man created in the image of God, indicating this personhood, and therefore, relationships. Man is created in God's image on this divine pattern, and then given the responsibility to be the sovereign over the whole creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we read it. It says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now let's just quickly go over to Genesis chapter 2, and verse 19 this time, here's what it says. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. You see, that was the first thing that man had to do. He was going to be the sovereign over the creation. If that was going to be the case, then he had to identify the creation. He had to classify creation. And he did that. 
You see, Adam had the capacity to look at the characteristics of a given creature and then give that creature a name that was fitting. And that's exactly what he did. Now, a second responsibility that man had with regard to sovereignty over the creation is found in Genesis chapter 2 and in verse 15. There we read, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. So God places man in this garden and he gives him the responsibility to name all the animals and also to tend to the garden. Man's responsibility was to learn about his creation and glorify God by the wonder of what he saw and then to classify the creation and then somehow to shape the creation so that it was an honor to its creator in every possible way. Now, remember, at this point, there was no fear, there was no death, there was no bloodshed. But man, nonetheless, had the responsibility to attend to the garden that God had created. You see, man is created in God's image, and he is the propagator of human life. Genesis 1.28, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So God made them male and female. You see, that was God's design for marriage and procreation. God gave man these relational capacities. And then God gave man a helper. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 20. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now, I know that some people think that a helper, well, that's someone to do the dishes, take out the trash, someone to make the bed. Well, that's not the kind of helper the Bible's talking about here. You see, Adam needed help in one main thing, and that was procreation the advancement of the human race. Man, then, is created in the image of God as the recipient of enjoyment. You see, God just wanted to bless him. It says in verse 28, and God blessed them. He blessed them. He blessed them with the ability to have relationships. He blessed them with personhood. 
He blessed them with the ability to understand his creation. He blessed them with the capacity and the capability to know him as well as to know each other. He blessed them with the ability to reproduce themselves and and fill the earth with others. And then he blessed them one other way. Genesis 1, verse 29. God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed in it, it shall be food for you. You see, according to the Bible, Adam and Eve were vegetarians. They could eat every plant yielding seed on the surface of the earth. Every tree yielding fruit with the seed in it was also food for them. You see, no possibility of evolution. When God says a day, he means an actual day. And so you then come to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. And there it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. That's it. That's the story. It started and ended in 32 verses. And it gives us the complete picture of this marvelous created universe in all its wondrous perfection. Do you believe that? It's God's word. Let's pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, Thank you for the clarity of your word. 32 verses that tell us how this marvelously complex universe and all that live in it came into existence. I pray that your Holy Spirit work on the hearts and minds of every viewer, helping them better understand your will for their life and their eternal destiny. Please bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have some gifts for you, as we do at the end of each and every program. Today we have, I think, two wonderful resources for you. One of them is this special edition of the Signs of the Times magazine that is entitled Our Amazing Universe Beyond Imagination. And I'm going to offer again uh, this little book written by uh, Dr. Dwight Nelson called Creation and Evolution. We'd like to send you both of these gifts. They're a gift from Lessons for Living Television. There's no obligation on your part whatsoever. If you'd like to get these two special gifts, here's the information you need. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. 
and we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate those of you that tune in each and every week. A couple of things before we go that I want to, I want to address, I want to talk to you about. First of all, I want to apologize because some of you have been calling in for the books, the offers, and, uh, well, we get inundated sometimes with so many requests that we run out of the books or the magazines. And so... It sometimes takes a little bit longer than we would like to get that material out to you. Just be patient. If uh, excessive time goes by and you haven't received anything, just fire off an email to me. Bill at L4L, that's L, the number 4LTV.com. Bill at L4LTV.com. And just say, just remind me, hey, Bill, I haven't received, you know, the magazine or the book you promised. And um, we'll do our best to get it to you. Most of the material comes to us from the United States, so it can take a little bit of time to get it. It's wonderful that we get inundated with all these requests, but just I want to give you a heads up that if you don't get it right away, it's probably because it's on back order because we got more requests than we had anticipated. I want to remind you of the website, l4ltv.com. All of the programs are on there, all of the previous programs, live appearances, uh, where I'll be appearing. Um, we have a biblical answers section. If you'd like to write in for a question, we'll do our best to get information out to you quickly uh, that answers that question for you. There's also a tab there. That's the donate tab. Um, you can donate online. You can donate online with a credit card. You can use uh, Interact Debit. Um, all of the money that comes into the ministry is used to pay for airtime and studio time and all of the you know, the materials that we hand out, uh, none of that money comes to me in forms of salary or any kind of compensation to me. And so if you'd like to help us keep the program on the air, you can always uh, donate online or you can simply send the check to the address made out to Lessons for Living Television. And knowing that uh, you'll get a charitable donation receipt uh, for that. Also want to remind you of our Facebook page. Look us up, Lessons for Living Television on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. And we also have our YouTube channel uh, where we put all of our programs on there. And if you go on the YouTube channel, you subscribe, then you'll be notified every time a new video is added to the YouTube channel. And you can then share those with your friends and uh, help us get the word out. Appreciate uh, many of you call. I get a chance on some occasions to answer the phone. And uh, many of you have very encouraging words and you have great things to say about the program and you're telling your friends to watch and we truly, truly appreciate that. That's about it. They're giving me the sign that it's time to wrap up. 
Thank you again for joining us. I hope we have the opportunity to do this again next time. I'll be praying that we will. We'll see you then. In the meantime, God bless you.